Welcome everybody to episode number six, six of the Zyola podcast. So excited. Oh, <laughs> this, I've been super psyched to do this one. Um, I think I mentioned on episode number one that I wanted to get you in and we we're going to have you in and I hadn't yeah, even well, asked you it's, yet. It's a pleasure so, to be here. I feel honored. This is Lauren Fox, good friend. Hey I've everyone. For a long time, um, done a lot of tattooing on me and members of my family. Uh, we've had a lot of good talks while I've been getting tattooed about music and Oh, absolutely. The other other crap. So well, I think uh, that's something that I was saying, you know, to I was, you know, telling a couple people that I was coming here to do this and yeah. I was getting a bit nervous and stuff. But I think you know, during the majority of our of our time together, it's usually we're talking about music. Exactly, and there's always music on in the tattoo shops. Yeah, and, you know, we're definitely like, definitely and, like it, it sparks like yeah. the conversation. It oh, kind of it's, it's it's and you, you have a really, it's social lubricant. Oh, definitely. But you have a really good attitude to listening to music. And I'll just I'll start start with a quick story because I had a quick story when in episode number one we had with um, Robert uh, Robbo's brother. Yep. And the older I get, the more I realised when I was younger how much of a musical snob I was. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Snob. Uh, absolutely. And one Definitely. of the time one of the times you I think you were tattooing my leg and you were talking about how you are pretty much open to listening to anything. Like you give most things a go. Yeah. And that sort of stayed with me. And I still oh, wow. think, yeah, and I still sort of think about that because Amazing. I, yeah, a lot of things that I listen to, I kind of, you know, like I, if it's on the radio or if it's you know from some teenagers showed it to me, I automatically shut down and just go. I think that's that's so, that's symptomatic of getting older. Like I struggle to listen to most things on the radio. Yeah, I'm just like or being open to it. Yeah, but I I still I still tell myself it's like you know what like I still find it's few and far between as far yeah. as what the content that's produced these days. But at the same time, every now and then, like, you know, you're hit with something, you're like, wow, that was, that was really cool. Yeah, but you seem to be sort of willing to accept that. Yeah, And yeah, get yeah. past the shit stuff to find something, find a kernel of nuggets. And yeah, a good, absolutely, you know, you know like, I like all different types of music. I think some people just purists, it's like, they only like metal, or they only like, yeah. you know, hardcore, or they only like hip-hop. It's like, there's like their little, little niche, and I think especially growing up, especially like, in our generation, it's like, yeah. that was the thing, like, no I'm punk, no I'm no, metal, no yeah. I'm And you define yourself, and you wear the uniform, and yeah, you know, the absolutely. black jeans, and the boots, and the whatever, and you know, or you know, the, the Adidas, and you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, and the, yeah, so that, I just wanted to oh, share wow. that well, with that's, people. That's really, that, that's really cool, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's cool that I guess, you know, it's my it's his talking part. about bullshit just like, it has an impact. No. It's, it's also his Paddington upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! There was there were so many squats there when I moved in. It was it was ghetto land yeah, back in the day. Back in the eighties, it was total ghetto. But then the nineties changed all of that. <laughs> um, so, a couple of questions that we ask everyone. So, just 
I know I sent you a brief thing during the week, but yep. what, what we want to talk about is the music that you listen to when you're a teenager, right? So between, roughly between 14 and 20, yep. is there stuff um, that you listen to then that had a huge influence on your life and now that you're a little bit older and you sort of can look back on it, you know, does it still have any sort of effect on you? Like resonance, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, this sounds really fucking corny, but you know, music truly is like the soundtrack to your life. Oh, 100%. And during, yeah. during those formative years, like music was huge, you know, especially those times when like you're feeling shit about yourself, um, you don't know quite who you are, you're this, this, you know, kind of egocentric, hormonal kind of thing. It's like, who am I? You know, and you definitely, I think, at least for me, I gravitated towards towards music in a big way. I mean, I always kind of wished I was more musically inclined. Um, but, you know, my talents were either in art or, like, in sport. Yeah. You know, so I didn't have time to dedicate to that. And there's just other people that just do it better. It's like they're just musical geniuses. So I just sit there and appreciate it 100%. But, like, I think, you know, going back to what you're saying about different types of music, <laughs> that's, that's such a big thing for me. Like... You know, kind of my progression, like when it came to um, you know going like classic rock. I think my I yeah. think my brother for the Doors, yeah, and that literally opened the door yeah, to all, all of the all the other things. It kind of when it when it came to to that genre of music, which then you know was you know was classic rock, which then led me into like into into prog. Yeah. So like I had the Doors, then it, it was. Um, Sabbath, then it was Zeppelin, yeah. then it was Floyd, and then because of Floyd, then that kind of let you into like King Crimson yeah. and Rush and then Tool, you know, like yeah. it, it was this whole kind of natural progression. And then on the flip side, you know, like being a teenager in California in the early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, it was, um, yeah, it's hip hop. Yeah. It's yeah. such a, an integral part. Like, I don't know. I, I was really lucky and spoiled that I could enjoy all different types of music. And then, you know, at the same time, it's like I floated from all different types of groups, you know, you know, undercover raver, you know, <laughs> electronic music. I mean, you look at like, you know, like Underworld, just yeah. huge. Yeah. You know, like Train Spotting. I think that was what, 1996, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was quite young then. I think I was like 13. But I remember listening to this and going like, holy shit, you know? It's just, it Great was huge. Soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Soundtrack was just yeah. unbelievable. Well, I've been thinking like, I was talking to Andrew about this today. Soundtracks are a weird one, right? Because when I remember, like I remember particularly, like there's a two or three that I really remember when I was like young teen at like 12, 13, like the big chill, yep. Top Gun soundtrack, uh, what else did I have? Good, yep. morning, Good Morning Vietnam. Yep. But those, all of those soundtracks used songs that were 15, 20 years old. Yes. So they were tapping into a demographic. So they were tapping into, you know, 25 to, to 40 year olds that grew up with that music. Absolutely. And, then, and that's, and that's then, something I was, as a young child, yeah. I, I, I listened to. But that's, that's sort of thought, like, sort of ties into what we're just you know what we, what we want to talk about here in that that stuff would have had a huge effect on those people so when those soundtracks come out not only are they buying it because they saw the movie but it's also because it triggers memories of what 100 you know like it i'm i'm like it's again it sounds really corny it's like i can i'll i hear a song i'll hear music and it literally transports me back to that time like i get the same feeling i remember smells where i was 
everything it's so like sensory based yeah. and it's well, just like so much of what you what you hear and what you appreciate yeah is in those circumstances yeah. you know who, who played you that like for me and andrew like our friendship is based on jane's addiction oh okay well because he, he he gave me ritual on tape and yeah. then i listened to it walking to school and i got to school and i was like what the is well, that, you know, like, and that was, totally, you know, man. Like, like, that was like, you know, for us at that time. Massive. That was, like, so, well, like, for me, like, you know, for, it's like summertime, you know, I'll, you know, hear various parts of hip hop, but if I hear, like, Jane's Addiction, or if I hear Sublime, or if I hear, um, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, which is another yeah. huge band for me. But coming from California, massive. That area in California, you were actually living yes. those soundtracks. Yeah, like it just because all the, all those albums are you know from in around that area. Is it Laguna Beach? I was in Newport Beach, so in very Newport, close, right yeah. next door. Yeah, right, yeah, next door. right next door. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're a couple of miles south of oh, the them, and totally, it was just it was it was massive. And you talk about influential bands, mm. and then you know even even bands like you know it's, I get it sounds you know funny like you know Smashing Pumpkins. Like I remember Great that band. being you know when you know Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness came out. That was massive. Well, double album. And double as, album. As Billy Corgan at, at the time said in a Rolling Stone magazine interview, uh, he was literally dropping a bomb on music. It was, it was yeah. huge. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 tonight, tonight, Bolt with Butterfly Wings, um, 1979, like everything. It was just, it was huge. Massive album. Like great album. And then you even had like Australian bands that kind of, you know, infiltrated like the American market, at least in California. I mean, you had, um, you know, Silverchair with, you know, Frog Stomp and Freak Show. Yes. Again, massive. I remember when they came out and, and toured, like, you know, in Southern California, they have the, you know, again, very spoiled. You know, you have all, like, the different festivals. You have Bands Warped Tour. Um, they have, there's this um, radio station called K-Rock, and they have the K-Rock, you know, Weenie Roast. Mm -hmm. And I remember one year, it was, like, it was Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was Pennywise. It was, um, what's, what's, what? What's that band? The the Australian band that's you know they've got like you think it's got the double bass and oh, um, the, living the living the end, living end, living end. Yeah. yeah, and them I remember them like so much like there were so many bands that played in this in this gig I was like sixteen, um, but I remember them they played they were on like one of the the, the side shows like the side stages and they came down when they finished their set and they came and talked to everybody yeah right I remember they they had given me like a guitar pick they like they just I don't know they just were totally totally down earth that's something that really stuck with me like I remember I, I was always on my my like to-do list I'd always wanted to go to Australia yeah you know before I, I died and little did I know that I would end up living here which was you know fucking amazing but just yeah it's 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 amazing how like you can kind of you know, take music and it and navigates you know your life. Yeah, and it, but that but that, that that time of your life seems so important. Oh, it's huge, huge. massive, so why, formative <clears throat> years. Why why do you think the music you listen to between the age of fourteen and twenty really sculptures the person you're going to be, the genre you're listening to? I because think you make, you make those decisions subconsciously at that time. Absolutely. You know, like and what your friends have got, what's on the radio, but you're still sort of. Like, I know I, I do. I think, oh, definitely. I think, I think, you know. I mean, do you feel now that you're as an eclectic person as your oh, yeah. music taste back then? Oh, yeah. And that reflects I'm, in your I'm probably more of a snob in the, in the sense that, like, I don't like as much, again, more new music. It, yeah. It's a lot harder for it to kind of appeal to me. 
Um, I still hear some really great stuff, but then when you hear older stuff, you're like, yeah. it's like no contest. And the amount of content. Good, there is good stuff now. There's definitely good stuff but it now. Doesn't, it doesn't get that, it doesn't you don't get the, influence that, you the totally, same Totally, you don't get those, yeah. those chills and that yeah. feeling. And this is, I think, yeah. you know, when, again, when you're going back to those, those formative years, you know, all of your experiences, everything's new. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's that kind of that scenario where, say you go to a party, and you know, there's whole, this whole group, and it's, it's all new, and you have the best time, you know, and then when you try to recreate the same experience, it's never quite the same. Yeah. I feel like that is really similar, like, during, during that period, you know, it's like, first everything's, you know, first kiss, first root, first <laughs> everything. Yeah. So it's just, everything's just so very much and amplified. And, you know, when you've got your, your really good times, it, you, you've got that, that soundtrack that was going on, whatever hit it was, or, you know, even stuff from your childhood, it all kind of takes you back. And then when you're at your, your rock bottom, it's like music is kind of like the one thing that gets you through. Yeah. It's like well, it's the one thing that's always there. Totally. It's, always. The, it's the one constant. And it's like, I'm a very sensory based person. It's like, you know, I'm all about the feel. So, mm. you know, we kind of, you know, torture ourselves <clears throat> listening to certain types of music. You know, if there's a, been a breakup or there's been a really bad time. <laughs> Actually, I remember my first breakup at 12 years old. Yeah. You'll love this. <clears throat> Belinda Fitzgerald oh, primary yeah, school yeah, broke yeah. up with me Cloverly Public broke up with me next day started dating my best friend Sean. Ooh, <laughs> that, damn. that would have been a scandal man I went home a scandal I, I went home and listened to you'll love this Tears for Fears shout <laughs> amazing and I sang the lyrics shout, shout <laughs> let it all out that's incredible oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, I bet you, you know what it was for me Mazzy Star Fade Into You oh. You know, and like, linger by the cranberries. Could okay. I be any more of a no. fucking girl? <laughs> exactly. Run the bath and put some mm. scented yeah. candles. Yeah. I was like, oh. Hide the razor Oh, blades. I feel all the things. <laughs> he's sitting there. He's like, just bawling your eyes out. But see, now I don't understand how my daughter does that with Carly B. Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh listen, Tamara, I love, I love her so because you're gonna listen to this. I love you so much. You're my <laughs> favorite. But my God, girl, get some. Taste in music. <laughs> Hopefully, like, you know, that, she still that, listens to change. Run DMC, so that's, you know. Okay, well, then cool. there we go. That's cool. And, um. What about Leroy? Oh, no, he's, oh, he's, he's good. Don't he's worry, good. He's, don't he's, 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 he's in good hands. All, all the 90s grunge, he's bought. Amazing. He, he owns more vinyl than me now. Incredible. He's, and he's really into all the, the current hip hop as well, you know, like. Sick. um What was the one we went to? T we, we, you got him tickets for? Joey Badass. Joey. Oh yeah! Badass. Wow. All that sort, of, that those sort of guys. Yeah. He's, he's well into as well as Cypress Hill and you know Run DMC. So the classics and, and then new stuff. He probably knows way more about like current artists than I do. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's he's down with all that, but he goes back and you know, like his Spotify <laughs> list is. is also. Well, I, I think I think that's you know? that's another thing. Like when you're that age and you're that passionate about yeah. an artist, it's like you want to know everything. Yeah. Well, he, like, he he owns every Rage Against the Machine oh, album. Yeah. On, on Amazing. You know, Amazing. Like, yeah, oh no, I've got to get them all. He's got he's one yeah. of those people that's gotta collect. Yeah. I've got to have every single every single piece of that puzzle and then yeah. you know, then I'll move on to the next thing, you know? But calling me gay for like the gay use is a step too far. <laughs> I know. You hear me, boy? I know, I know. I don't like him, but I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. I'm oh like, you don't like no, him. No, I don't like him. Oh, no, no. Fuck but, you too. Yeah, what band? Gang of Youths. 
Oh yeah, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. It's all right. It's we okay. Have, we have Should I know who this is? No, we not have, at all. Just we have the same Australia right now, you know, local band from Cam uh, from Campbelltown in Sydney. But yeah, Town represent. Exactly. Just headlined every major oh. Australian festival in Jesus Rock. Oh, you know how long it's been since I've hey, been to listen, a festival though. Hey, nothing wrong with Jesus Rock. You of all people should leave fucking Jesus Rock alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Face sorry. plus one. Uh, uh, <laughs> and they're not Jesus Rock. They're no, hill, I know. They're Hillsong. They're Hillsong. Oh, that's even worse. I know. I know. They this met at Hillsong, yeah. and now they've grown up. And yeah, fair enough. They, they, wrote, they, they don't they, write Jesus songs. I nah. just like to take the piss out of him. <laughs> exactly. They just met. We have the same discussion about UMI all the time. You love them? I fucking. I, hate I them. saw them the other night, uh, yeah. and, and I'll tell you what, you, yeah. you'll actually be really proud of me. Yeah. I fucking walked out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> that's Class South Roosters were playing. And I was yeah, well, recording the game. That's much more important. Much I, more yeah, important. it was a charity concert for concert for Kate, uh, who was an industry woman. She worked uh, on the early days for Big Day Out yeah. and Splendor in the Grass. Yeah. She was the manager for UMI and Bernard Fanning when he first left Powderfinger, and she recently had a stroke. Oh wow! And uh, affected her financially and physically. So. You know, the, you know, it was great to see the Australian music industry come together, organise a concert for her called Concert for Kate. And you had um, uh, Phil Jameson, um, oh, what's his name? The Beautiful Girls. Oh, Paul Dempsey. Yeah, Paul Dempsey, that's so right. So Phil Jameson, Paul Dempsey, Bernard Fanning and UMI all came together to do a concert and a few other people and they auctioned off some memorabilia and all proceeds went to... Um, went to support uh, her That's her amazing. Family, which, which is amazing. And it was a great night at the end. Well, the other problem, I did enjoy it. I understood that it was, uh, you know, a charity night, which was great. Um, I thought that would have been better off having a silent auction, but in between sets of the musicians, they auctioned everything off, which kind of took up like 15 minutes and they were auctioning bidding into the crowd and stuff like that. So yeah. it kind of got a little long in the tooth for me. But, yeah. you know, look... Uh, Last I was listening, because I was at the bar, um, <laughs> you know, I, Splendor in the Grass tickets going for $4,000, yeah. VIP, Jesus. Yeah, well, yeah. VIP, well, camping, yeah. backstage passes, the whole lot. The whole shebang. Yeah, exactly. Which the guy who paid like $1,500 for a Powderfinger signed record and all these posts and stuff like that was... In mine, probably a little bit pissed off he didn't wait until... Totally, <laughs> see the whole, the whole catalogue. Well, yeah. see, the thing is they didn't tell you what was on the catalogue until mm. they were on stage. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. know, and I, I definitely would have had a bid at tickets and got up to about probably three grand. Yep. I think that's fair for two tickets. For oh, definitely. Especially yeah. with, with all the things. Yeah. Now that's, that's completely fair. Yeah, completely fair. So I think it's a good deal and, you know, it's one of those, you know, once in a lifetime things. 1500 yeah. bucks, I think it'd be worth it. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. You'd be upset if you got there and Carly B was fucking headlined. What do those tickets normally sell for? Well, yeah. they, they, they don't sell. They don't oh, sell. Oh, well, I mean, I guess if you put together a VIP package without the backstage passes and all that kind of stuff, you'd, you'd be, be able to glamping. Anyway, you? you know, you'd be looking at tickets at $900 and glamping. You know, another yeah. five, six hundred bucks. So, so it's good yeah, deal. Yeah, no, no, well that's, that's, yeah. that's decent value. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So yeah. if I just go for like two grand a ticket. Well, that's that's pretty standard. Not my price range, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'd rather just wait to like get offered some tickets. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. 
So anyway, sorry, I did. You moved to Australia when you're 18. 18? Yeah. Yeah. So that was um, I turned 18 um, November 2001. 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I moved here um, April 2002. Youngins. Yeah. Well, you know. I'm no, I'm no spring chicken anymore. No, no. So wh- why did you move to Australia? Just you wanted oh, to come or? Oh, look, look, at that time, again, you know, I wasn't in the best place mentally, yeah. physically, and not that I don't love where I come from. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're looking I'm, for a change and. Look, yeah. if I, I knew if I stayed, I wasn't going to be happy yeah. and I had the opportunity to move here and I, I made the best decision. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I don't regret it for a minute. But how the fuck did you end up in Wollongong? <laughs> <laughs> well, tattooing. Yeah. It's like when I first moved to Australia, I lived on you know, the North Shore. I lived yeah. in um, and Neutral Bay, and then you know, moved over into you know, you know, Surrey Hills and Darlinghurst and everything. And it was here yeah, through my, my ex-boyfriend, then yeah. the man that taught me the tattoo. Yeah. And then that's what took me down to Wollongong. And at that stage, it was probably, you know, tattooing saved me for sure. Because yeah. I just was partying way too much. Because when I first met you, you, I think you just started your apprenticeship. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And from what I un- and you can expand. So that, was, that was like 2006. Yes. Was that with Lance Daly? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so it was. You, yeah. You can expand a little bit on this, right? Just from my experience of being in tattoo shops and, <laughs> and different and different and, ones. And that's a whole that's a whole other beast and a whole yeah. other subject matter. But just just in, in terms of, of an apprenticeship, it seems like you're you've, you're the dog's body. Oh. You're doing, you're sweeping the floors, getting the boss coffee. I was uh, his personal hairdresser, getting lunch, um, I mean, lunch st- yeah. sterilizing e- everything. Like the, in all this time, like, and you know, I've only been to a few shops, but I've not seen many apprentices tattooing. They're always doing all the other shit. You know, yeah, all and, the other and watching, shit work, learning, you know, sure. watching and learning. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, tattooing has changed a lot and yeah. especially like level to... of art and like how kind of apprenticeships were were done but you know for me you know if you had a problem with something i was always told there's always someone waiting to take your place yeah yeah basically you know so it's like you don't like it or if that's shit do it again but it's changed so much since even to from oh, when you massive. started you know like massive i didn't get paid i didn't get paid anything no. i had to go into the dole to support myself while working you know 40 60 hours a week yeah I remember that my, when I first started there, because um, the shop had been open for about three months. Yeah. Um, I just started there. Everyone wanted to go on holidays. I think I literally worked two full weeks without a day off, and that's including the doubles. So that was, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We weren't open at Sunday at that time, but we were open, you know, ten to ten. Yeah. So I didn't have one day off. We worked the whole time. Just to go. On yeah, that was that was my introduction yeah. into into doing that. So that get, was get used to it. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, sink or swim. It's like how much do you want this? Yeah. And it's like head down, bum up. You do your fucking job. But did you get into it? Were you already like a, a, an artist as you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway? I always like grew up yeah. with that. And it's funny when I first moved to Australia, um, I got my second tattoo. I was nineteen. Is that um, manly tattoo? Um, was that with a rat chick? No. No, for your 19th birthday? For my 19th birthday, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I think her name was Carmen. Carmen. 
Um, but anyway, back back then, like there were like zero female tattooers. Yeah. So this was like this is like 2002. I got my you know tribal tramp stamp <laughs> that I so lovingly drew myself. You know. That's after, um, that's even after the 90s. Come I know. On. It was just after. Yeah. But it was still still a thing. Still yeah, very much a thing. Everyone had tribal in oh, the 90s. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, because I've been, I don't know, I just had this connection with her. She was this awesome kind of Latina chick. Um, she'd been to California, she'd been in Long Beach. Um, I you know, looked at that and went, wow, I didn't even consider that this could be something that I could do. So yeah. I looked into it and it was like virtually impossible. I think I emailed and called and like all these places, you know, InterVision and, and this Illustrated Man, and no one would tell me shit. I was yeah. like, look, I was like, I'm like, I'm not even trying to like, you know, get a job at this point. It's like, what do I even have to do? To and they wouldn't it. fucking tell me. There's no TAFE course to do. Oh, no. Right. And like, I, I, just, I just didn't know. No. And I, I knew no one. I didn't come from a tattoo background. I'm, especially now, by far the most tattooed person outside of my family. Yeah. Um, you know, I, don't, I didn't have, I didn't have a fucking clue. And no. like, I knew no one as well. So like, you know, I, I pushed for a while and then kind of gave up an idea. And then when I met, um, I met my, my, with my ex, Michael, um, then that's how I met Lance. Yeah. And they just opened the shop and they need someone. I had an art background and away we went. Yeah. So it's something that, yeah, I, if you'd asked me when I was like 16 or like when I was a kid, if I'd be tattooing, I'd be like, <laughs> no, <Nah>. yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, like you said, there was, it's not like there was many female. No, they, was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even consider that. And I guess like, especially my mother's side of the family is very conservative, yeah. like, you know, Italian, Roman Catholic, um, all of that jazz. So like it, it's something that was completely foreign and alien to me. Yeah. You, you think that, that say from the end of the nineties to now, and I was thinking about this the, the last couple of days, the end of the nineties, like everyone had tribal, you know, and had the little, you know, yeah. Piece, piece of shit here, you know, I got that one, you know, uh, but now I have, like, you're my only friend that has no ink. Everybody, like, Well, it's now, it's now like, become, you know, Everybody has, but partial. it's not like, yeah, but it's not like, I mean, when I was growing up, late 80s, early 90s, like, if you had tattoos, you were either come out of prison. Yeah, you were a or, degenerate. Or you're a bikey. You're a bikey, you're, you know, you know you're a sailor, you're... A, you know, a degenerate of some yeah, kind. But degenerates can't afford decent tattoos. No, now, you know? no, like, no, they can't. I, I stayed fast, and here you I am. <laughs> come out the other side. We're getting Ooh, you a, cooler than the fucking lot of you. We're getting you a Absolutely. tramp stamp, dude. You're getting a big tramp stamp. <laughs> Butterfly, well, tribal. Yeah, no, you skip. <laughs> there's there's just only just one tattoo right that can ever touch me. And that's my best mate, Mark, who has these black scab tattoos out of Albeville in France. Oh I, yeah. I lived in France for 15 years. Yeah. Wow. And um, <clears throat> I watched him and, uh, and my other best mate, Dave, start the tattoo shop in pretty much a space as big as this. It was our living room. Uh, the hallway was, uh, Dave was the body piercer and Mark was the tattooist. Yep. And the hallway had the bed for the piercing and Mark tattooed in the living room. And our, then we had kitchen, bathroom and two bedrooms out the back. And that was our apartment in the south of France. Before, you know, finally got the shop and we all got in and painted it and built it and, you know, they moved on and stuff like that. But for, you know, a year basically was out of the house where, yeah. where we lived. It was clean. It was always yeah. clean. Um, but I remember the first tattoo Mark did. <laughs> we had fucking um, Patty 
Irish guy. <laughs> Paddy the lamb. Led to the slaughter. Poor guy. <laughs> he wasn't the brightest of kids, but he was a lovely guy. He wasn't the brightest. But he, he was eager. Guy. He was eager and he had a shitload of shit tattoos, basically. So he turns up, he's like, I want to cover up. And he had a Stella Artois logo Beer amazing yeah so this is this is the first tattoo that he's ever going to do it's a cover-up no, it's a cover-up on his hip and so all right Paddy, uh, and of course being early 90s you know it was um tribal he wanted yeah. a big tribal piece so patty getting a cover-up is still our tribe about that big let's say you know like a beer label yeah as you could imagine uh walked out with an entire fucking hip to knee tribal tattoo to cover up that little thing because <laughs> it was Mark's first tattoo he couldn't yeah. wait so, oh, yeah, okay, Pat, yeah. come here yeah. Patty no mate we've got to go big, big. <laughs> yeah if we've got to cover this up we've got to go big there's going to be no trace at all <laughs> Patty limped poor Patty limped out with the biggest fucking black tribal wow. tattoo I've ever seen and it was awful I mean, the, the the design was good, but it was Mark's first time. Well, actually, the, the yeah. execution might be a bit questionable. A bit oh, absolutely! You know? <laughs> and it's on As the you do. floor of but the that's, But that's that's the way you, you you learn. You know, it's kind of sink or swim. Yeah. yeah. Paddy came back two weeks later and got his fucking uh, Prince Albert done. He rang his girlfriend oh, up and said, "Sweetheart, I've just got a Prince Albert." Yeah. She broke up with him on the phone. <laughs> oh my god. On the yeah. phone. That's the best. And if, yeah, anyone exactly. that's listening, if you don't know what a Prince Albert is, Google it. Yeah. yeah they'll get some good images fun times. coming up. Fun times in my yeah. life. But yeah, if anyone's going to tattoo me, it'd be Mark. Um, <laughs> but actually, yeah, you're, you're old master. Lance Staley, I've got a question for you, right? Sure. He's now known as Laser Lance. Conflict of interest? No. Not at all. No? No. No. Good business. Yes. Yes. Because he, he does laser tattoo. He's retired now from tattooing and does he laser does, tattoo yeah. removal. Yeah, so he, cause he moved to WA and then came back because, like, I know if, for Lance, like, even when he lived in, in Perth, like, he basically lived in the winding of Perth. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys are not familiar with the South Coast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's Lance tried and true. So and he found his way back. But, yeah, zero conflict of interest. But as I understand from what I, I've read... He's set up as a laser remo tattoo removalist yes. within the shop. Yes. Well, that's well. That's that's what's. It's your one-stop nice. shop these days. Yeah. It's called cornering the market. Oh, it's you genius. Know? Come in, get that well, one removed. You know, Let's put something new on you. you I've know? got I've got a very good friend. She operates out of um, Stoneheart in the city. There's a little plug right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Plug away. Yeah. Oh, lighthouse tattoos. For you, right? Yes, yeah, yeah that's yeah. me. Yeah. I'm not in Wollongong anymore, everybody. No, I haven't been there for quite some time. Thank you very much. So, uh, actually, it's a good point. Uh, Where, where's Lighthouse? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I had done me wrong. I met some amazing people like yeah. yourself. Um, it definitely gave me a much better understanding and appreciation for all facets of Australian culture, and yeah. I wouldn't trade it for, for the world, you know? Yeah. Um, it was just It was just time for me to leave. I've been away from there for... Quite a few years now, but no, um, yeah, came back to Sydney. So I've been yeah. back in Sydney. I've been in Sydney for like like six years, something like that. So um, where is Lighthouse Tattoos? Lighthouse in Botany. In Botany? Yeah. 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 Pemberton. Pemberton Street in Botany. Is that kind yeah. of industrial area? It is. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, it's nice, though. It, um, Anywhere near Lucky Speed Shop? I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> oh, no, just yeah. off Pemberton's, just off Botany. It's yeah, like yeah, near, no. down Foreshore Roadway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah. 
Because yeah. you, you, it's like one block from my new work warehouse. Yes. Yeah. And um, what are we? Yeah, a big are, shop. Yeah. How many? Massive. How many, I mean, that I think there? there's maybe like eleven of us, eleven okay. or twelve of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You go go onto their Instagram. There's so much good stuff on there, like good work. I, I look. I yeah. you know I work with some of the best people. Mm. I could but possibly it's such, yeah. It's a big wide variety like i mean i know there's the, the specialized japanese you know oh yeah like suit, i mean the, the, the boys and the owners and, like they yeah. do like massive japanese um large-scale japanese tattoos which you know they're they're awesome they're yeah. amazing but well, we definitely uh, we cover all the things there i mean for you personally sabdo was a, a big influence on your life as a japanese tattooist who brought in asian western culture and mixed when I, yeah in. when i first started tattooing um one of the th first times i looked at a is before actually I started tattooing. I remember picking up a tattoo magazine and seeing this um, Japanese tattooer called Sabato, and I just, I just, that was the first time I saw colored tattoos and went, wow. Yeah. So the thing, the thing with tattoos, you don't really notice bad work until you see good work. Yeah. Once you've seen good work, then you notice all the shit. Yeah. But like you know, having no knowledge or have anything to kind of go on, you're kind of like, going, oh yeah. That's that's all right, but then when you 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 see something amazing, you're like, wow, I didn't even know that was possible, and that's something that definitely motivated me to to want to be a, a a tattooer for sure. But you know, going back to like to music, it's I mean, I know it's it's not just me. I mean, music is something that gets you through the day when it when it comes to, to tattooing. When you're getting tattooed or you're doing the tattooing yourself, it sets the tone, it sets the mood. It's it's such a huge part of what we do as well. It opens up that flow. For oh yeah, totally. Well, like when you were tattooing in Wollongong, uh, the you always had control of the music. Oh, well, just always like if, in if, that if, shop. Look, I was definitely really dominant. Yeah, I was like, nah, that shit. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not in the mood for that shit today. Someone Google that. Put that fucking plane oh, on. Oh, because like yeah. I was like I was I was tattooing like you know 12 to 14 hours a day. So when but you had those hip hop playlists, and you're like, no, no, that's the one I want. Yeah, Check it. yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite as as much of a a, a music Nazi these days. But no. then I also work with people that have oh, that's great what, taste that's in music. That's what my kids have called me for years. <laughs> I definitely was was very dominant when yeah. it when it was I was in that shop. But yeah. um, I kind of had to be because oh, yeah. it was it was a, it was, it was a fucking shop, free for all. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there was there was no one really to kind of you know lead the way so well, me, it always me, ended up being me even when I didn't want it to be me no it just kind of happened well, they, that all, way. they all sort of look to you because you were <laughs> yeah. the most experienced person there well I was right? just like all right well someone's got to fucking do something so yeah. let's just do this yeah. but um Mick and Sue have that place running like nobody's business now you know I'm so proud I'm so proud of her I yeah. just yeah no, I'm, I'm over the moon with yeah because I, I train with him a couple of days a week now amazing know, he, he's such a top 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 bloke yeah, no, he's uh, like when, because she met, because he was Scotty's client. Yeah. And that's how they, that's how they met. Which I'm was, pretty yeah. sure I was in the shop the first day he came in. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were tattooing. I was tattooing you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And he came in and he, she did something small on his leg or his arm or something as well. And yeah. Then, and then they went straight out for lunch. Yeah. And then. And it all kind of. Eight months know. later, they were engaged and. It's incredible. Know, yeah. Yeah. No, nah, they're good people. Good people. Anyway. The other thing, just sorry, just quickly on, on the ta Ooh. on the tattooing thing, you just relax there, son. Um, <laughs> See that the, the, I showed you a, showed you a picture of my wife's new tattoo. Yeah. Um, now that sort like that's a big it's a big calf piece. Yeah. 
but it was only only took four hours. Now, when I was first getting tattooed, things would take six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours. What they seem to be producing now, and the level of quality that's coming out. Oh, now, definitely. The like the techniques and things are a lot quicker, but also yeah. you have to look at um, the type of tattoo it is. Yeah. So, but is the equipment and stuff changed as well? Oh, hundred percent. There's a lot more things that just make you so much more efficient. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the person behind the tools, not the tool. But there's yeah. there's a, a variety of tools there that definitely help that yeah. immensely. Yeah, yeah. definitely that, that, speed you up, technique, everything. And all the younger tattooers are getting better quicker because they kind of you know. Fucking little young upstart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's oh. the same with musicians. Oh, they're all shit bags as well that have like yeah. you know like a lot of people don't have pre appreciation for like the roots of tattooing. Yeah, I still think that like. It's amazing, you know, what, what people can do now, but it's still, I think, really important, just like with music, just to know your roots. Yeah, absolutely. Know where I mean, things I come from. When I helped build the tattoo studios, I would go there after work, and at the end of the day, help them uh, sterilize all the needles in the autoclave. Well, yeah, these days it's all single use, but exactly. yeah, back, back in the back day. Back then, yeah, it was yeah, all well, like, Especially like going way, way, way back. Like, you know, you'd want to be, you know, the first one in because like they'd have like the one needle for the day. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't like, you know, people weren't making, soldering like, you know, needles for every client. This is like going way, 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 way yeah. back. This when, you know, some dude's there, he's got a dari in his mouth, you know, everyone's drinking. You know, they've made like, you know, the one needle. So one you, needle, you know, yeah. you want to be the first one in basically. <laughs> it might even be for a week. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't because know. Because they used to solder needles together, didn't they? To, for like, oh yeah, and you still can, you still do. Sure. Yeah, that's still something um, that is practice, but yeah. it's also, you know, is it a thing not practice as much. Yeah, traditionalists. Do yeah. they still believe in techniques like that? Yeah, or they like, or they want to try to something a bit different or like, yeah, they kind of like, you know, that whole mm. tactile and also the control of like what, what they want to do or what they don't want to do. But yeah. um, at the same time, everything's like super disposable, um, which is great. You know, it makes things efficient, um, makes things quicker, cleaner. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of things these days in, in as a whole, as a society is very disposable, yeah. which, yeah. you know, I, it's not my thing. I think, you know, making, making your, your job efficient is great, but you know, good things take time. Yeah, definitely. When you're going into a tattoo, you have this person there for the day and do you ever, as part of your routine, think, right, this is my playlist that I'm going to have in my head or, you know, have played well, it's, for it's, this it's, certain it's, tattoo to help it's, me do it, it? Yes, well, it depends. Like, because it's, um, being in such a large group of people, you don't always have that control. It's always super hard to please everybody. So we all kind of just listen to things that, you know, everyone, that everyone, everyone kind of gets along. To. And we, yeah. we also have a very, I'm very lucky, we have great banter. It definitely, it provides a certain environment that, yeah. that both entertains you. It definitely, you definitely, it's dinner and a show. Nothing, <laughs> nothing is sacred. Um, the things that we talk about, it's, it's pretty incredible, yeah. but. Um, <laughs> It's, it's, I'm always brain dead by the end of the day just because it's just, I'm always on show. And there's always so much laughter. It's always just so much. So it's like by the time I get home, I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Because no, it, it's, it's a weird position though too because you have that full-on sort of 
artistic endeavor that you're doing yeah but then the general public is sitting there watching you do it yeah you know which is also like because okay and then you've you know your friendships and what's going on in the shop and then this and oh that, yeah the, and the, the dynamic the and but the, but know. in saying that though like you know even with a such a big like setting like that you know if the music isn't right it it fucks the whole yeah. the whole you know vibe so what did you guys have on today oh god what did we have on today? I think I think we had Jews Priest Radio, Spot, yeah. Spotify Radio. So it had like Thin Lizzy, Jews Priest, had Dio, had all the things, which is great. What you know, and, and other days I might, you know, because like undercover secret goth never really was one, but you know, speaks to my heart. Like any like new wave, like 80s, like, you know, fucking Depeche Mode, Cure, um, Cure you know, New Order, Mercy. you know. Of course, Joy Division, you wouldn't have Joy Division. Yeah. You wouldn't have New Order without Joy Division. Um, anything like that. Um, What'd you listen to on the way here? 90s hip-hop. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, not some of the boys are, are they're not the biggest hip-hop fans. Like, there's a lot of us that are, but then some that aren't. So, yeah. like, I try to get all of that, you know, kind of done in the car or on, on different days or... When you're alone, having... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Okay, or, yeah. like, when... When the bosses aren't, aren't there, we'll have a hip-hop time, yeah. you know? <laughs> okay. Or, so like, you know, maybe doing electronic, like, house time yeah. or, like, you know. Yeah. All right, so what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, yeah, okay. Come on, this, this is... Okay, I, no, I, I can tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one so far. That's the best one. But like old school Robbie, like I'm talking like, you know, that love for your energy millennium was like the song when that came out. I was just like, oh God, Robbie, yeah. Rock DJ. Oh, I like that. That song's okay. Like, I think it's overplayed. Um, But yeah, I was just like, yes, Robbie. Great film clip. Just speak to me. Yeah, great, great film clip. Great film clip. He's ripping the skin of off his bones. Like he's he's cheeky and he's a lad. I guess yeah. that was and definitely an, an attraction when, for sure. When he was filming that, uh, he went, you know, in costume, pretty much or well, half costume, all body ripped off. He went across the road to the studios to get a pack of cigarettes from the Seven Eleven. Walked in like that, the guy fucking freaked out and ran. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> you would. Incredible. Yeah. No, I would have. I would have done things to that man at that point in time. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, no. But I no. I, I, that was definitely a guilty pleasure because I'm. I, I was so like, especially in school, so like, anti boy band. I was like the only girl that didn't like Britney Spears and yeah. fucking like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. It's like I can I can like sing all the words because you yeah. just know it because it's just infiltrated like your mind. Force fed. Oh, dude. So like, well, like you know, all like these girls are listening to you know, to Britney and Christina and stuff and. Here I am listening to Rage Against the Machine, I'm listening to Anthrax, I'm listening to Slayer, yeah. I'm listening, you know, or listening to punk or like whatever, or hip hop, or yeah. it was just, I was so just like anti, I was like, no. Growing up in Southern California, there must have been some side gig in some little dingy warehouse of an <laughs> up and coming band that became, you, you must have been to something like that. Oh, Incubus. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Incubus. I remember when I discovered them again, quite young. It was like, you know, it was like midnight. It was on this like, again, it was kind of through K Rock that they had. It was like this garage kind of radio station. So like, um, radio is massive there for yeah, new stuff. Yeah. Um, like no one had heard of it. 
And I was like, this is incredible. And then all of a sudden, boom, they became, you know, they became massive. But I actually, you know, really like their early stuff because they're way yeah. more jazzy. Like Science. Well, they're, they're much, that, that album. That album. Is so much more eclectic and has so many more styles jammed into totally. it. Totally. after that, it was like the major labels got a hold of them yeah. and went, yeah. listen, we need to sell a single. Yeah. And so what you need to do is take one of those styles and just make one song. But that, that album. But that's like Black Eyed Peas before oh, they had yeah, fucking yeah. Fergie. Yeah. Supposedly, Leroy was telling me the other day, supposedly, They've kicked her out and they're going back to what they Amazing. were doing at the start, which Amazing. is hardcore hip hop. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, because that's like, I remember when she came on board, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Then she, then she went on to butcher the fucking national anthem. <laughs> 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 no wonder they're kicking her out. That's it. But yeah, yeah. like, I, yeah, but I also think that, you know, Will I Am, you know, he has his, his part to play. Oh, definitely. Like, you know, I, I, I think I think everyone's egos definitely got you know massive. I listened to a, a podcast with him where he actually explained that whole situation, and he which was, which would be easy yeah. to do. And like, he's like, listen, they came to us with with a truckload of, of money. money. Yeah. And he said, why not? And his whole thing was, if I take the money, I can do what I, I want. I can build a studio and do whatever the fuck I want. And totally, you know? and like, so, and people like especially purists and stuff like we're like, oh, you fucking sell out. It's he like that's that's he, that's what you have to do. He doesn't care because he's lying on that bag of money. To yeah, totally. And he can do exactly what he does. I'll tell you another another group that uh, was was you know kind of underground and huge for me was Jurassic Five. Oh, huge band. Yeah, yeah. love them. Seen about, but well, they were massive when I was living in San Francisco. Yeah. That, that was actually, that was I, like I, I got to see them do an in store at Amoeba Amoeba Records on H Street in. Oh yeah. About ninety. I was just at H Street a few weeks ago. Where? <laughs> yeah. Love it. So well, different now. Way yeah. different oh, now. Yeah, no, not the same. Way, 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 oh, way yeah. different now. So exactly. yeah, that's yeah. like I mean, there's a kids' gap on fucking Street. Oh, that's please. Like you, like you look at like mid '90s to where it is now. It's, well, that's it's, when I was living around. Yeah, I was like '96, something district, like that. Okay, yeah. Just off Geary on uh, Clement. Yeah. So for me, it was you know up and then take the Fillmore bus up over to H Street and get off right at the junction there, and you know they had. Well, that's when I got into my posters because there was an art gallery there called Off the Wall Posters, and she was the first one to yeah. publicly display posters like this. So that came from Off the Wall, that came from Off the Wall, that thing as well. And they're all my original ones where yeah. I started and I got the hit. The, the <laughs> <laughs> um, now you've got no space for all of them. <laughs> I need a new house. We're yeah. moving soon. Yeah. I've got three more posters being framed right now and I have no room, so yeah. I'm going to move house. Yeah. More wall space. <laughs> I don't need to move house. I you don't need, need furniture. I just no, need walls. Just walls. Exactly. Give me all the walls. Blank walls, space, <laughs> stuff up. So, do you remember what your the first gig that you went to that you had to pay for yourself? Yes. So, yeah. like, I was quite fortunate where I grew up, you know, listening to all types of music. But I think like the first gig that I went to, um, I think I was. 15. It was um, Marilyn Manson and Hole. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. Double head up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like they, they did the tour together. Yeah. And just after that, they broke up broke up the tour because, like, who the fuck wants to be with Courtney Love or fucking Marilyn Manson? Because they're both just as big as divas as each other. Could you imagine the backstage? Oh, there? God. The, oh, the green they're, they're both just as fucking ridiculous as, the egos, as one another. Man, the the egos. egos have just been yeah. massive. But yeah, that was at, um, at the Pond in Anaheim. Mm hmm. Um, I think I was 15, yes, it was early, early days, and I remember seeing all the protesters, like, 
That's know? right, because he used the, to get, he oh, used to yeah. get slammed. And I was dressed like the biggest fucking slut on the planet. It was amazing. <laughs> and of course, my mother never saw or knew, but I was just like, no, yes, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the thing. I think um, that was the first one where I went like by myself. Yeah. Like we went together. Yeah. I think yeah, it was yeah. for no. her birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like I've been to lots of gigs and again, quite fortunate there but yeah that was that was the first gig that i um i went to that i had i paid money for and yeah. then and the, did that yeah what, what about life-changing gigs because we, we've all got one. Oh. i mean one that really you stood in the middle of this and went fuck and you walked out and you're a different person oh there's 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 been quite a few I'll give me a top five if you like yeah. it's 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 quite hard to pinpoint it and you know this actually is like you know this is actually a recent, a recent one. Um, I've again, I've seen many, many, you know, people play music, and I'm very lucky, and it's been awesome. But I tell you what was amazing. I saw um, New Order play at um, the Opera House a couple of years for oh, the yeah. Vivid Festival. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, not only did they just, it was surreal just seeing something like that in the Opera House. I hadn't really been to a a concert like that before Such there. Room. The room was fucking incredible. Had you been to the room before? Um, no, I hadn't. Oh, so, like, so that's like, the, the big, yeah. Big and place. again, like, it's, 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 it's such right, like yeah. a recent time. Like, when I think about all the things I've seen, like, yeah, but I, that's also like when we talk about context of stuff of here, it's going to that place. Yes, you know, like going, going, like, going to that place was that just... That would have added that extra layer. Fucking of, incredible. You know, I mean, yeah. as you walk along the promenade towards it, yeah. knowing yeah. you're going to the gig to see yeah. that band, and you're looking at the sails, and they're all lit up at night. And, and they had all... It had a, Not only that, but, you know, they had all, like, the projections oh, the from the Vivid Festival. Vivid Festival. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Vivid so I had, I had all that, and they literally played everything I could imagine. And they had the new album out, which I actually really like. Real dancing, really good. Um, but... They, they they played it. It was just very surreal. Everyone literally was was dancing. Like there was no yeah. one sitting. Yeah. Um, and then they did um, so as was an it, encore. Was it the, in the big concert hall? Which yeah. Has the massive yeah. High the big one. Yeah. And, yeah. And then for the encore, they did Level Tear Us Apart. Yeah. And I never thought in my lifetime, because I know they never do that. Because they had Ian Curse forever. They had it projected on onto the back, and I got really fucking emotional. It was um. It was a really, really cool moment. Yeah. And then soon after that, The Cure played, and then that was a three-hour gig, and they literally played everything, and that was yeah. that was incredible as well. And this is all really recent stuff. Well, The Cure is playing Vivid. I know. Show. I tried to get tickets, but I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a myth. The ballad and everything. Everyone, I don't know a single person who got tickets. Me for, either. And Me I know either. a lot of people in the industry. I fucking bid. I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I had teams of my family in the yeah. ballot. Yeah. yeah. And not one of them got tickets. And I yeah. haven't I haven't met a single person who's walked up and said, I've got tickets. Yeah, I've not met anyone I either. Fucking mug them. <laughs> steal their identity. Totally. Just to go. Totally. Um but yeah, I mean look, I've been I've seen some, you know, prolific you know, gears have seen, um, you know, like Nine Inch Nails is amazing. Um was that the Nine Inch Nails where they went, uh, they flipped a corner each night between Queens of the Stone Age and Nine Inch Nails to see who would play first? That took No, I did go to that though. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think when that was. I mean, look, I've yeah, About eight seen, months ago that was. Yeah. Came through here. Yeah. Um, but well, I'm talking, like, I'm talking long, long, long time ago. Um, I remember seeing Daft Punk. They came out probably around 2006. Ooh, that would have been fucking 
awesome. That was that was Early one of the best yeah, best yeah. gigs I've ever seen. That was yeah. incredible. Was um, it was in Sydney. I'm trying to remember. I was a little bit a little bit cooked at the time. <laughs> do they do they do they play their instruments? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like I mean I know like it, it's technically it's dance music, right? Yeah. I mean they're they're their helmets and everything. You yeah, don't really but see their anything. musicianship, like especially as a oh, no, as a bass player, right? They're, they're incredible. Hearing them play bass on yeah, the yeah, things like 2005 or 2006, they, something like yeah. that. It was, it was early. Um, was it a stadium or theatre or? It was the theatre, yeah, it was... Oh, Anmore Theatre? Yeah, I think it was Anmore. Um, oh, I saw... I would have been nuts in that Dude, room. I saw, Jesus. like, a, a secret gig. It was, um... It was Motor... It was Motorhead. They played, like, a secret gig at the Annandale. That was... Jeez. That was insane. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was... That was, like... See, she might take over your status. <laughs> your stocks just went so high. You just, just like skyrocketed. Yeah, no, that was that was like yeah, secret, secret gig. I just, wow. I just because I was with with Michael at the time. Yeah. Like, he had a mate um, who worked there, so yeah. we just we found out about it. Let's, you the know. brothers? Um, no, no. Um, he actually just passed a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, Lemmy, Lemmy died. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, sorry. my the the friend um, that, oh, the that told us about the. What, because Lemmy died? No, 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 he died well before Lemmy died. Okay. Um, and that was huge when Lemmy died, but i tell you what was huge for me, and I got really emotional, was when Scott Weiland died from Stone Temple Pilots. That was heavy. That was, for me, that was heavy, and I felt like no one really gave a fuck. I mean, look, yeah. the dude was a selfish cunt. Yeah. Um, and it was his lifestyle. Exactly. It was. By it was, that stage, the band had uh, exiled him. Yeah. Um, but when I found out he died, I was just like... It was so overshadowed by like Bowie and by um, by by Lemmy and yeah. like and everybody, but that was that was I got super emotional. I was so sad. Yeah. I think I, I definitely went and played like a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's weird though, like because we're getting to that age now where everyone's dying. Everyone's dying. Like when Chris Cornell died. Oh, right. I'm um, listen. Uh, it, when Kurt Cobain died, okay, I was upset. Yeah. Lane Stanley died, okay, I was upset. Yeah. When Chris Cornell died, I was devastated, bawling my eyes yeah. out. Yeah. I, I, and, yeah. And I didn't think I would. Yeah. It came as like a complete nutter shock to me. That happened to you me know? with Scott Weiland. I was, yeah. I was pretty emotional about Chris Cornell, but it was yeah. probably more so for me with Scott Weiland. I was just like <laughs> devastated. Yeah. Oh, and Keith Flint, like. Oh no, uh, no, no. I saw it. He saw him. I was at the gate four weeks Fuck. ago. Yeah. I mean, like I've seen Prodigy a few times, and they're. Always been fucking amazing. That's another huge band, yeah. especially when it would come into like, game. you know, when it came to electronic, like heavy, like dirty electric music. It was well, they, great. They, they meshed that that punk attitude with dance music oh. styles, like no, so like so so influential. Yeah. Like in, when, when you listen to their early stuff, it sounds like mid nineties techno. Oh, I love you know? I love one well, of my favorite things is Firestarter the Empyrean remix. Yeah, right. It's like you feel through like your whole body. Um, oh, I love huge. that. Love that um, voodoo people. The pendulum. Yeah. Remixes. Oh, that's fantastic. Unbelievable. <laughs> you, you get that. goosebumps <laughs> thinking about it. Well, when I found out he died, I went and listened to that, and then I yeah. put on the whole. Yeah, we, I think we all did. And listened to that whole album. I was I was pretty yeah. shattered and devastated. Well, it was three weeks before. I was sat. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. And they were free tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why saying, were they really good? Bad. Corporate box. Corporate Amazing. Box. Yeah. Amazing tickets. Yeah. Corporate box. But 
It was one of the, I, I'd, I've seen them four times over the festivals and years, tra- you know, living and traveling in Europe and stuff like that. It was the first time I actually sat down in a nice comfy seat and just took the whole gig in yeah. and enjoyed it for what it was, the musicianship, the talent, the impeccable sound. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it for that. And then three weeks later, it's fucking dead. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, cause again, because I've seen them quite a few times and always been epic. I guess with this new album, um, I guess for me, it's very good. It's very prodigy, but it's, it's just their thing. It yeah. wasn't like this huge influential like oh my god I have to see this album because yeah. like you know I guess you rely on that consistency it's like oh he'll be out again yeah I mean obviously had I known it might be another five years but they'll be, they'll yeah. be back yeah you know what I mean yeah. so it because it just it did, it's like I mean I, again I'm glad I got to see him before he passed and you know before he, he decided to take his life which yeah. there's been a lot of that lately yeah a lot of that lot lately of that. I wanted to find out if he was on those same anti-anxiety drugs that Cornell and what's, it, what's the guy from um, the other young guy? God, I always forget his name. Oh. Give me a clue. Okay, fuck. He was Cornell's mate. They were good friends together. I can't, I'll, I'll kick myself when I when I think of the name. Same same sort of music heavy with the rapper. Um, yep, 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 yep. Um, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, yeah. Lincoln Park. Chester. Chester, same medication. Yeah. Anti-anxiety med- medication. Because well, Chester, because Chester's best friend. Yeah. Killed himself, and then that sent him. That over sent the, him. Yeah. And he was super close with Cornell, as in they were hanging out with their families, and you yeah, know, wow. Like, and it was the same. They reckon he was in deep depression, you know, after Cornell had died, and yeah. That's that's a good point. Like, because yeah. it, it's definitely it's been this. It's this not my co- point. This, I'm, I'm stealing that off someone else, but it is. Yeah, but but, but, but a point from, to bring you know, up. Yeah, like I yeah. hadn't. Yeah, I hadn't even we thought about that. We never steal someone else's no, point. Oh no, never. never, never. All the original thoughts with this podcast. That's it. All right, give me a band that you listen to from California that we would not have heard of from here. <laughs> just oh, just one dude. one good one one good one. I don't know how to answer that question. Um, I'm a bit brain dead. Oh, like, and anyone listening to this, it's like, I think either you love them or you hate them. I th- you, it's a band you've heard of, but not many people like listen to it. It'd be, it and he doesn't even live anymore. It'd be yeah. sublime. Yeah. It's so iconically like Southern Californian. And that, and like, bitch. you know what I mean? And like, you wouldn't have no doubt without, without, without him. No. Like, like so him Brad, and Gwen. So Bradley. So Bradley Noel. Yeah. Bradley Noel. Um, and him and Gwen Stefani were quite. They're very tight. Very tight because yeah. she, they did a song together off one of his very early yeah, ones. Yeah, they um, did. Yes, they did. Uh, what was it called? What was the song called? Um, uh, what do they? It was um. Going wrong. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, I used it as the opening soundtrack of my very first snowboard film, which was called. Funny enough, going on. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. That, that, yeah, that was a great, that was a great song. Yeah. Um, well, that was the first time I'd heard her. Yeah. And the way she comes in in that loop. Yeah. Oh. So like, good. It was yeah. just like, oh, hello. Yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, that's a whole kind of, I think it's either you love them or hate them, I know. Yeah. Like, the boys, some, most of the boys at the shop absolutely fucking okay. hate Sublime. They absolutely hate them. I'm like... What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's like, it's feel, so good. How do they feel about the Long Beach Dub All-Stars then? 
Oh, pff, that doesn't even come in to register. I mean, Long Beach Devil All-Stars are great, um, but definitely it's not sublime. It's not sublime. It's not meant to be sublime. Exactly, which I actually really and if liked. You, if you listen to it in that frame of mind, exactly. you really enjoy it. Because yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, the new Sublime's coming out. So it's, it's, yeah. like, well, no, it's not. It's because not. The Long Beach Dub all Because well, they, knew, they knew they couldn't like recreate. No. I think HR from uh, Bad Brains yeah. does a song with them. Yeah. Uh, well, as I said, it's Long Beach Dub also. They bring in a collaboration of, you know, industry friends, mm. people from, you know, Washington, Long Beach, uh, Santa Cruz. There's guys come from everywhere, and, and they all worked on that album together. It's so good. So good. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's a really good question, like, that you've asked me, Paul, and, like, yeah. I'd, I'd have to probably think about it, probably yeah. when I haven't, you know... I'm not completely brain dead. We just like to spring sheet on you. That's oh, fucking. <laughs> no, I I, yeah. I could tell you my guilty pleasure. That was no, that no. was fucking instant. Um, no. Well, see, my my guilty pleasure is is no doubt, right? Ah! Because. Well, I love no doubt. So, I, I you think, know. But, you know, when I was 17, 18, if I told people that I listened to them, oh my god. I'm <laughs> And I know, like, all their stuff, there's just a couple of songs that well, I go... My, a, my dress sense was, like, in high school was, like, was, you know? was Gwen. Yeah. You know? Like, Dickies, Wife Beater, Hair in a Quiff. Bands. Like, yeah. all the things. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely, like, I definitely skirted all different groups. I had, like, you know, my undercover, like, raver times. So I was yeah. really into drum and bass. That was a, a huge thing. I discovered Ed Rush and the Optical. From the UK, that was massive. Aphrodite, Diesel Boy, and had my big fucking reflective <laughs> pants. No one knew about it. Like my no. mother, no one. No. I had this like whole had a little subculture, but I kind of kept all that separate. So I was all just kind of like would float between float all between different things. groups. Yeah. So I had like my goth phase. I had like you know my hip hop phase. Um, I had my disco phase. Massive disco phase when I was like 11 years old. <laughs> Huge. A oh yeah, all of it. All of it. Studio 55? Oh, 54? 54, yes. <laughs> cut that. Cut oh, that. wow. Edit, edit, cut. Yeah, I think... Studio I think, 54? I, well, I, think, I, think, I think it's when um, I saw um, Saturday Night Fever, which is funny because that, that movie, which launched, relaunched Disco, was at the end of Disco. It wasn't yeah. right in, in, during that time. One of the most depressing fucking movies you ever watched, but I remember, yeah. like, that soundtrack was, you know... Well, that, BGs, that, that time, like the, the soundtrack thing, it's it's not the movie. When you're buying the soundtrack album, it's it's the songs that, yeah. that you know, that, like, I honestly could not remember one scene from that movie, but everyone knows that song. See, I, I remember that whole fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all, all different bands, like, like, you look at, like, Bonnie M, you look at, um, Chic, you'd, like, chick, you'd, like, like, there's so, this like, it's such a huge, a huge time. It's, that was a whole nother thing. I mean, you look at, you know, people talk about purists in music. Either you love disco and you're yeah. like a fucking like Guido, like you're doing this, <laughs> or like you know that you were you were punk, you were you were metal, you were punk, whatever. It's like yeah. I like both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, but see now you can, now you, you can. I do know. That. How oh dare I? I like both. All right. I can't so help the, it. the next question is going to be a little bit more difficult. Okay. Right? <laughs> Because, I mean, because you, and, and this is exactly why I wanted to have you in, because you have such a diverse range of things that you like and that you appreciate. Um, 
spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about Alice in Chains again. I know I have before. Okay? I love Alice in Chains. All right. So what is that? But that Alice in Chains was the one band that I can always point to and go, okay, that, that was the biggest influence on me, right? Oh, huge. Robbo, Jane's Addiction. Okay. Yeah. But so what was there one group or one album that either led you to the path where you're at, that you, like musically you're at now where you listen to a lot of different stuff or just changed you as a person or that you still look back and go fuck that one album that's that's the one for me that is that seminal point in my life you know oh wow because I like, Sorry, I I like so a, many I'm, genres of music. A it's, it's, it's a you, fucking loaded question. It's a huge <laughs> question. I, think, I feel like it's genre specific. Like, well, it, but it, like, I mean, I, like, I do like a lot of different things, but when I think back, you know, it, I remember where I was the first time I heard that album. I remember listening to that oh, album. Oh, yeah. Like Dirt. I'm talking about Dirt, right? Yeah, so I listened yeah, yeah. to that over and over and over again when I was a fucking boring, depressed teenager and that was... You know, that was the you know, listening to Lane sing about his heroin addiction yeah. and, and I just thrived in that in that in that moment and in yeah. that album. You know, so for you was there one album or one artist that you just was just that that you know, even if it was only for like a three month period or a two month period that now you look back and go, Yeah, that, that was the one that set me off on a path to, oh. to where I am now. I think um I think you I can it, say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, I really want to answer that question, you know, truthfully, but it's, it's, yeah. it's like you said, it's such a loaded question. But again, I think, again, for as much music as I, I'd love to cover, because I like so many different things, you know, Motown, jazz, yeah. hardcore, punk, whatever, um, fucking Smashing Pumpkins. It was, yeah. um, it was the, the double album. Yeah. It was, that was such a huge album for me. I think I had like my first boyfriend, that like first kiss, first everything. Yeah. It was just like, because that was like 1996, I was 13. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So great, not first well, everything. It wasn't like, you know. Fuck, what a great fucking album. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, it, it was Smashing Pumpkins. It was Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. That. Yeah. That definitely is an album or a double is. album that, that completely shaped me. Now, if you change your mind later in the week, just... Yeah. We'll do <laughs> uh, a look, quick overdub, Again, you know? then, like, there's, there's so many, you know. Yeah. It's funny now that, like, I'm older, it's like I'm going even more back. I've been listening more and more to, like, Depeche Mode. Yeah. Even more, like, listening to so many different things. Yeah. See, I've been doing that with 90s hip-hop. Yeah. Because in the 90s... The only real hip hop I listened to was the Beastie Boys. And, oh, Beastie Boys is and, fucking huge. How did I forget yeah, them? Yeah. <laughs> well, Don't mean you know, started. So yeah. underrated. But I, I, I'll tell you the band or the group that really got me into proper hip hop, and that has to be um, a Tribe Called Quest. Yes, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. So which I'll, then led me to like, which led me to like, you know, Jungle Brothers, which was just yeah. before. Which they're really they open the door for like yeah. so many different things. I mean, I could I could spend a whole show talking about yeah. hip hop, which was also massive for me. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll say <laughs> two two albums two albums that that definitely shaped me. So we've got Smashing Pumpkins, and then we've got Tribe Called Quest, the anthology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have like the love yes. movie, you have all the early stuff, but like the it's anthology. Like, it's like both ends of the rainbow. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know, but yeah, no, I just. They're both gold, both so, ends. So, 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 
big for me. Like I can't even like like tell you like passionately like yeah. No, definitely they're, they're, huge. And I, I did. I watched. I sat down and watched the uh, the documentary that was made on Tripod Quest and didn't realize how much of their stuff I knew. And how much and, has and been sampled just, and, and re and was redone? Just, was just like okay, that was the, like the background sound. Like if if grunge and whatever else was the soundtrack to my teenage years. Yeah. Those guys were like the background. They were always there. Yeah. And even though I wasn't particularly a huge hip hop fan, when I listened to that, it's like oh, fuck, that's, that's yeah, like, like it's I, good. I remember high school transported. listening to that. Yeah. You know the yeah. kids that were into that, and I thought it was cool, even though. I couldn't say that because I was, you know, in this particular subculture or whatever and would have got, you know, yeah. paid out or whatever, but, yeah. But actually, you brought up a really good point earlier on, and I thought I was the only one, so I'd actually never mentioned it <laughs> in all the podcasts that we've done, but uh, as a transforming back to our youth and stuff like that, hearing music, um, it's not just me. Can you smell things? No, 100%. Like, like, when I, I literally, music, I, I literally, I remember... I remember smells like it, it's just it all like I'm overwhelmed and it hits me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like exactly where I was. I remember the way I felt. I remember like a particular day and smells are a huge fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, and the warmth of the sun or yeah. the smell of the grass. Is yeah, like it could be like it could be like this dude's cologne. It could be no, completely. I remember like the feeling. I remember it being summer. I remember like there you know, being you know. In my mom's convertible, yeah. like the top down. I remember, you know, being lonely and depressed. I remember being in like a f disgusting, like industrial warehouse, going to an industrial gig or whatever. Yeah. Like you definitely like a hundred percent transported. And that's a whole other genre of music I didn't cover is industrial. And I actually have my ex. I have Michael to thank for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I, I definitely was like German like Neubau. like ministry, ministry like yeah. like. Um, well, you know they released a new album, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I watched the film clip for one of the songs, and he just was like, "Dude, get someone else to be in the video." <laughs> you got the God. voice because his voice is there. Al Jorgensen is just it, like, he, yeah. He looks like like he just he looks fifty, and it's like, dude. Oh, he just looks know, like a fucking scrotum with you, a cowboy hat. You sing, you sing about Antifa and this and that. It's like. Don't try any fucking harder. Yeah. Like, the music is great. I love it. The yeah, songs, same. And the songs are good. But Until I saw the video, I was like, I just like, can't. I just, no. Wah, wah. No, sorry, just some brother. visuals, thanks. Yeah, that's it. Go back to New it's World. It's like, look know. at your fucking head. New no World more. Order. New World Order. Just one <laughs> fix. That'll do. You know, Never good. trust a, a junkie. junkie. <laughs> yeah, I forget how much they... That, that, Band they're like huge, huge as well and they were like you know? so political and like yeah. and like oh that's yeah i can go oh, i can go like that sends me to whole other thing you know, bands like metallica like for me my favorite metallica album is their first one yeah when they were like san francisco it was like way faster it was like it was just oh, a bit more thrash punk. it was, it was really thrash straight out loved it yeah so good i do love that 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 Metallica and Primus came from the same area. Yeah. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. You know, like, that's such wide, you know, and there's the stories of Les auditioning with them and blah, but just that they came from the same area. Totally. Is just... And then and then you have Megadeth, who I feel like are very underrated. Oh, super underrated. I mean, look, he can't sing for shit. Right? <laughs> His guitar playing is well, fucking Metallica amazing, wouldn't right? be the band they are now oh, no, if no. it wasn't for him. He, he for is Dave, an arrogant prick, but yeah. he's fucking talented. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, definitely. No, I love definitely. Megadeth, and that that was a whole like whole political thing, especially of the early '90s. You look at Ministry, so anti-Bush, and for all those out there that don't know who Ministry are, we're talking like OG yeah. Bush. Just like, look, just look up the Gulf War, New World Order. Yeah, exactly. NWO, and know. then Megadeth as well, yeah. very highly political. Which then you know, really the OG kind of political when it came to that was was Iron Maiden. Yeah. I mean, they're very historical, but um. Didn't they do Run to the Hills? Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. They Woo-hoo! did. <laughs> Wasn't that in a snowboard movie? It was. <laughs> it, was. it was. It was. But yeah, it's and it's it's funny how like you know, very clever musicians and lots of very classically trained musicians probably yeah. make the best musicians. Yeah. When that I feel like that's across the board, whether it be you know hip hop, whether it be metal, whether it be anything. Well, good Q-tip from Tribe Called Quest. Listening to him speak about how he makes beats. It's just... It's insane. Ridiculous. I just sampled that one snare hit and then I went back and I recorded it 300 times to make the track. Yeah. Like, and see, who all, the and, fuck does that? Well, you no know, one like, anymore. No one anymore. But just, yeah, I don't know. It's the way he puts it, it, it Like it, together, blo- it blows just, your like, mind, like, which, is, which, is, which is why I draw on people for a living. I yeah. don't, you know, I don't do that. I have such a, a vast appreciation i mean like i wish i could sing like i really yeah. i really really do i can carry a tune but i ain't gonna quit my jade my day job <laughs> you know what i mean like i could you know, go to karaoke and kind of go okay go, i can i can do a little tune it's fine i sound a bit raspy because i've had something you know to drink you know Woo, liquid yeah. courage but yeah i i really wish i i, I could sing and i definitely am envious of that and i think that's something with, with music, when, when someone's able to emote to you, when you, you, you just, you feel that. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's a huge thing. That's well, how you connect with an artist, is that, that you, when someone is, is that emotive. And I think that, that, that for people like us, why we don't listen to top 40 music is because the top 40 music only has one emotion behind it. And it's, and it's the easiest emotion to write about, which is love and relationships and breakups. And that's why that stuff sells so much. The guys that I really, 100%. really respect music, musically, the intelligent songwriters, can write not about that. Yeah. And write about it's, so much more of the human experience than just it's that. It's not the cliche. The yeah. cliche, like cliche. Like yeah. I remember I was in a band years ago and we got a new singer in, and I said to him, listen, write whatever the fuck you want, but no love songs. And he took his book and just went, okay, no worries, I'll start I think it's okay to write love songs, just as long as no, like, that's not the only thing. A, it was just like, that. listen, this is the direction yeah. I want to start at. This has to be the start, because if you start from my last breakup, yeah. okay, everyone can identify with it, but that's the easy option. Absolutely. And then you don't have to work at it. And... As an artist, right, you know, you have to work and push yourself at your craft, right? So if you're not pushing yourself outside what is easy, then what are you making? Apart yeah. from what someone else has made already. Absolutely. You know, like... And, it, and, and that's, I guess that's another thing. We talk about how it's far less content that we, we find, you know, that we connect with now. Yeah. Um, but then when you really think about it, it must be so fucking hard to do something new. Yeah. You yeah. look at what's been done, and it's like, and there are so many talented people 
that like you would never even fucking heard of. Oh, I mean, it's like totally. it's all about timing, it's isn't time. it? Look, there's there's so many like, and I know so many really good musicians that have never seen the light of day because they don't know the right people. That they, they weren't in the right place doing the right gig at the right time. Well, the, the music is it right for the market? It's not, oh, and it might be. Right or it might not even marketable. Well, it might be right for the market in twelve months. But it wasn't right for the market at that particular point yeah. when they were busting it out. Absolutely. You know, like you look at someone like, say, the Mighty Mighty Boston's, right? <laughs> they were around for 10, 12, 15 years. Oh, yeah, they're, they're and then, huge. And then all of a sudden, Scar hit and they were touring here, they were touring yeah. Europe, and, and then Scar died and they disappeared. Yeah. You know, like it's, a, it's just, it's that moment. And if you're not on with that style at that moment, then you're done. Then you're done. And that's so, such a very specific style, and that's yeah. like just what's what's trendy and fashion. Yeah. But there just was like, a, there was like a tattoos there the was, same. Yeah, well, there was a Vans tour where two thirds of the, the the bands were all scar because that's what was so that mighty yeah. mighty boss tones, the the cherry poppin' daddies, and you know like a couple of others like scroll that, nut zippers, so, all that yeah, kind of stuff, all that kind yeah. of stuff, and and then. You know, the next the next year it was was it was, it was Mambo number five, and, and then it was Mambo. I'm yeah. gone. <laughs> you see you later. You know, but for people that like it, they'll still buy the records. Yeah. But the the general, you know, people that just tap into it every now yeah. and again, and if you miss that window, you, you you don't get that window back. Yeah. You know, like which is really like it's a harsh side of the the industry. But I, you know, it's the same. Fucking anyway. But so all, I've got a, quest a question for you when it yeah. comes to soundtracks. What would be Maybe your top five favorite movie soundtracks. Okay, number one's Judgment Night, straight up. <laughs> yes. Like, just hands down. It's, uh, it's, it's so an album that I still listen to. Same. I've got the same. CD it was on. like the yeah. the crossover that never really kind of went anywhere. Yeah, because that that like that... just another victim. Like, <sighs> oh, I saw I saw um, I saw I saw Helmet play the Betty album. Yeah. A couple years ago, and they came. Yeah, yeah they came and played um, at Manning Bar. And it was the last time they ever played it. I was just like, "Thank you, yeah, amazing." I actually have the guitar pick in my in my wallet. Yeah, <laughs> that's a trophy. That's a good trophy. But but that soundtrack, right? Set up Limp Bizkit. Oh like yeah, that Limp Bizkit, corn, corn, all of it. All all of that. New metal. New metal, whatever you want to call it. But I love it because you've got Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. Yeah. You've got. Uh, Cypress Hill, Sonic Youth, um, Helmet, and, and Everlast, um, De La Soul, and uh, Living Color. Yeah. Oh, just how like, good's a Living Color? Um, uh, what's his name? Del the Funky Homo Sapien and yep. Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. Which is like Dinosaur. It's incredible. Okay, you've got Dinosaur Jr. playing a hip hop beat with a hip hop bassline with fucking Del the Funky Homo Sapien. That's incredible. Time, which yeah. is just like. It's, it's, it's like things it, that, that shouldn't work. That I just honestly, did. again, like, I don't remember. I remember maybe. I don't, the movie was fucking horrible, movie. and horrible I, I barely movie. remember it. It, it was, was shit. Yeah, but the horrible movie. That, that is soundtrack and, is great. But and and even as just one of my favorite albums, it's just one of my favorite albums. Yeah, you know, it's like no, I, I rate that. I fucking love it. I, love I mean, not even to uh, singles. Yep. Yeah. <clears> or <throat> Empire Records. Yeah. Like great, great soundtrack. Fucking god awful movie. No. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> Don't care what you say. If you didn't want to work in a record store or a CD store for yeah. these days, like after watching that movie, there was something yeah. wrong with you. It's one of those movies. Like Days and Confused. Great That's fucking soundtrack great as, well. soundtrack as well. It was yeah. the same, same time. I, can, can I Reality one, Bites. Can I take one thing off uh, singles? 
Paul Westerberg, Dyslexic Heart. That is the worst fucking vomit song in the history of fucking music. I hope you fucking die. Uh, every time I oh hear that song, and, and, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know. Your eye kind of twitch a little bit. Uh, like, oh, 100%. But little known fact about that album, Chris Cornell, just to, you know, to understand his um, immense talent. Chris Cornell on that album, because uh, they were on the set of the movie, uh, Pearl Jam were the backup band for Matt Dillon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was... Well, Jeff uh, Hammett was in the scene, rocked in in the basement. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. They, were the, they were his band, which was... Um, it's got the 90s grunge outfit with the, like, the tights underneath the shorts yeah. and the long yeah. hair. Yeah. So, so good. Okay, so yeah, and, and the leather jacket. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Guilty as charged. Thank you very much. <laughs> So but it was a good look. Yeah. It was a good look. Well, the band in the movie was called Citizen Dick, and their big song was a rip Well, it was loaned by uh, Mudhoney. And instead of Touch Mud Me, Honey. I'm Sick, it was Touch Me, I'm Dick. Yeah. And, I mean, a great line when, you know, Matt Dillon's being interviewed in that band. It's like, oh, you know, how's things going with the band? So, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're really big in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that makes me think of airheads, but we'll go yeah. to that on, 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 after that. But Chris Cornell, who was on the set, they, they had the fake album there of uh, Citizen Dick and had all the songs you know, listed. In his off time, sat and actually wrote all from the list of songs on that album, wrote songs. For all of them. For all of That's them. That's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, but that album has a soundtrack with uh, Chris Cornell, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, uh... The Love Mongers, who did uh, did the Led Zeppelin cover, mm. yeah, pretty well, yeah, pretty well. Um, but it just really, I don't know, it's one of those albums that I can put on and listen over. cover to cover, yeah, and except for the one song, except for Paul, yeah. <laughs> uh, dyslexic. I hate that song, but the worst thing was it was like the theme song of that. Yeah. So. Cameron Crowe, the director, the director. Did almost famous, not Avatar. Uh, that was. Oh, Don't worry, leave the mistakes in, bro. Come on. Come it's on. all good. He it's hates good. that I cut my mistakes out. But, but yeah, that's, so you all love the mistakes. Yeah, because but, the mistakes is what. I'm like a tattoo artist, I can go over my mistakes yeah. and cut them out. Yeah. <laughs> not like always. Not always? No. Are you good with the cover up? Oh, no, I'm, I am the cover up queen, but. Yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, I not my own cover-ups, thank you very much. Other no, people's. No. Uh, uh, just like not even to go in uh, to this, but just uh, on a little side note, I was looking at your artwork because you know I've only had time in the last two days. I've known about you coming in to do this uh, podcast for a long time. Oh wow! Well, like I uh, said, I, I announced it before I asked you. So. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Paul said hey, aren't you glad I said yes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you knew I would, though. I, I, I've yeah. got to tell you, that fear and loathing one you did. Oh, me. wow. That really, like... Spoke to you. Yeah, no, yeah, but I mean... I still, to this day, love that, that yeah. tattoo. It's a few years old now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I but, love that. But coming back to my you know, background of having my friends and seeing them start and go right up to the... You know, they, you know, very well known in the French industry. Um, I looked at that out of all your pieces and I was like, wow. And it was interesting because I was like, that's someone who just said, you know what, just just be you and go nuts. And then I read later in an article that that's exactly that's what exactly happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. 
and that brought out the best you because I saw all your other stuff and I could see where you know people had come in and gone okay I want this can we do it like this and you work as a professional as an artist and you go okay well I'm going to work towards that and I'm going to give them the best possible and I'm going to put my little tinge on that that piece was you Oh well, you, you uh, hit really, the you, you know what? You it's, hit the it, nail on the head yeah. for sure. Like it. Um, I mean the depth and the color contour that you had going through the 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 glasses and the face and the angles of the shape of the face, which really depicts. You know, I've I've read the book many times. I saw the movie, and I wish I could fucking take that back <laughs> and fucking wash my eyes out like I've never seen it before. Mm. But. Oh dear! It really—that's you know, how two out of all your work that I saw. It really wow, that's no, that's that's very that's very flattering, and mm. you one hundred percent have hit the nail on the head. Um, so many different pieces have been done of Fear and Loathing, and it's always the one off the off the cover of the movie. Yeah. It's always the same image that you see all the time. And I guess with with him, he was he was a young kid, great skin. It's not creepy, I promise people. Oh, it's, it's, it's the, I mean, it's the cat. It's You're the like, cat. oh, you've, you've got great skin. Yeah, yeah. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. It's a bit like that. Um, I'm just harvesting you with my eyes. Yeah. Um, no, he was a young dude. He was a, like he was a boxer, I think. Um, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't very, very old. But, yeah, he really he came in with, a, with wanting that image. And then, I don't know. I, you know, spent a lot of time kind of looking through, trying to come up with something a little bit different. And then, uh, it, like, it all kind of came together at the very, like, last minute. Yeah. And I was, um, you know, hoping he'd let me do that. I said, look, I really, I really think this would be cool if we did it in this way. I've not seen it done like that ever. And he's like, yeah, go for it. And we smashed that whole tattoo tattoo yeah. out i think that was like six and a half hours yeah we did that that ta that tattoo and um sat like a rock did super well and to this day it's definitely still one of my favorite pieces oh we'll, we'll stick that up if you don't mind we'll repost that one yeah on, yeah on no I, that yeah, would so that would be just to put context out. into it but yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, that, it, would, it that, that would be great it was yeah. the one and piece that i saw i was just like you know what that's an artist who's been given full reign and yeah. it's it's you know i've wanted to do more in that style and i you know um, I probably look. It's my own fault. I sh I should probably have drawn some more things exactly like that. Um, but where I was working at the time with the the workload, excuses, whatever. It just yeah. didn't. It just didn't happen. Exactly. But yeah. I have you know posted that put out there. I would like to do more. It just never really happened. Yeah. Um, but you got to find. I guess you got to find a specific. It's, it's a very client, specific you know? market, and I almost yeah. I almost had um, I almost got to do it again. In that style, like a piece recently, but that kind of fell through. But whatever. It, it, it's kind of like there's a um, a multicolor cellophane over the image of a picture. Yeah. And it gives it that. I like I like breaking it down in yeah. angles. Yeah, um, the angles of it and the way it's shaped and the color that bleeds right through it. It just I was like. It, it, I, I was just around he, for about twenty minutes. Oh wow, yeah. that's that's, I, I that's really, really, had, really flattering. Yeah, no, I really had I had it up on my you know computer screen, and I really I, I couldn't get away from it for about twenty minutes because I was trying to figure out how you were getting that you know almost light and angle of the color. And as I said, the other way it was like taking a crumpled bit of cellophane 
and putting it over a picture on the arm and that gave it the colour and the shape and the angle and it was... Yeah. And the bats. Oh, yeah, well, that, that had to happen. <laughs> it fucking freaked me out. It was brilliant. It, it, oh, no, I'm, that's, I'm super flattered. It, it, it really is one of, like, my favourite pieces I've ever done. It's no, definitely it's up there. Even bad. when I do, like, promotions, like, for myself, it's still a tattoo that, like, mm-hmm. um, I'll chuck in there. Yeah. You know, it's probably, it's, what, three years old now. Yeah. Something like that. Two or oh. three, two or three years old. No, but... I'd be very proud of that. It, oh, it, thank it really, you. As, you know, it really impressed me. No, I, oh, I and obviously for the podcast, I was trying to educate myself on you know your history. So I, uh, I was going you know, more than anything, those images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a lot. There's and not I, a lot about you on the internet. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I, I'm, bit, I'm a fairly but, private person. Sure, um, but uh, I mean, there's. A, and I'm not. I'm not like this huge like Insta famous kind of. Sure person i just i just do what i do and i just try to do good tattoos and do what i love but that was good and for me because it maybe worked through all your tattoo images yeah to try cool. and find out the person you are and uh, after meeting you it's um yeah it makes sense it makes sense <laughs> well no it does a little that, bit a little bit weird I, a little bit room. like you know well, no but i but i was able to pick the one yeah you know, I, yeah I you did you were given free reign no that thought, and that's the person i'm about to meet that's the person who did this piece yeah and that's yeah I hope that um, in meeting me, it's reflected what your, you know, hypothesis was. Oh, it's all good. Oh, good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Cool. Anything else you want to ask? <laughs> no. <laughs> Anything else you want to ask? <laughs> I was pretty. I was pretty controlled. Yeah, you're controlled. I was. I, was like, I, I usually drink wine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like I'm driving, so but, I, no, no. But you, should, I can't. you should come back for another one because they're usually. Um, yeah, friend, uh, friends don't let friends drink in podcasts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that's going to yeah. be our first, first T-shirt. Well, actually, the first T-shirt is, is don't drink and podcast. The yeah. second one is friends don't let friends drink and podcast. Because <laughs> he drinks and I don't. Because I drink. <laughs> I, 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 Always I, I bought an alcoholic beer for you. I just don't understand. Well, it's like you're I don't drink it for the taste. If I'm going to drink it, I'm going to drink it for the alcohol. Uh, I just like, love that the... We're at my house. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can. I can't even smoke a joint. Exactly. I'm just drive home. Uh, Sorry. We want to thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it's been, thank, look, this thank is you for a, having me. There was two, actually, two podcasts that I really, really wanted to do when we first, first spoke about doing this. One was with my brothers. And the other one was with you. Oh, well, so I like. Oh, thank you so much for coming in. And no, um, thank you for being our first. Yeah, female. and our first oh, female well, too. Like, amazing! It's my an absolute God, it was, pleasure yeah. all the way around. I was happy to do it and happy to come back yeah. again. Like I said, it's probably a million things I've left out. It's yeah. just it's too much to but cover. But it is it is good because we spoke to a lot of guys and, and you know to get a female perspective on, on music because it is different mm-hmm. and it is different for girls growing up, what they listen to and, you know, the experiences they have as teenagers, completely different from guys, you know, like absolutely for you and your brother, so much stuff was tied into your surfing and this and that and the other. And, you know, like yeah. for me, it was all about the bands and the bands I was playing in and, and it was, you know, so it's been awesome to have you here. Good. Man. I really I'm, appreciate I'm, it. Well, thank I'm you so glad. much. Thank, thank you so much. Well, thank you again yeah. for having me. Yeah. yeah, good. I'm glad. We'll, we'll see you in season two. Yes, season yes, yes. I, 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 will, I, will bring, I will bring friends. Just give everyone your Instagram. 
so they can check out your stuff? Yeah, um, Lauren Fox Tattoo. It's yeah. all one word, really easy. And also at Lighthouse Tattoos. Yeah, and, yeah. and Lighthouse Tattoo. And if you um, want a good tattoo, email Lighthouse Tattoo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or yeah. Yeah, email me, email Lighthouse. Like, we literally have some of the most talented and yeah, beautiful awesome people stuff. that work there. Yeah, check out Lauren's stuff and then also check out the tattoo check shop. Check out every, everyone because they're, they're all stuff. extremely talented and sometimes I feel... Actually, a lot of times I feel like I'm not worthy, but oh, yeah. That's <laughs> fucking crap. You know, that no, no, true, because they just, they're all like fucking amazing, talented people. Yeah, but you wouldn't be there if you weren't as well. So, this is true. You know? This is true. Yeah. Yeah, again, thank you so much for having well, me. Lauren, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. Excellent. Come again. I will do. Cool. Right. Okay. Awesome. That's a wrap. See you Sorry. later. Guys, thanks so much for listening. That was another great episode. Great episode. Awesome. Uh, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Check out our Instagram, at Zoyola Podcast. Upcoming guests, little highlights, little bits of video and stuff. Um, if you want to drop us a line. Please do. Please do. Send us an email, Podcast at yahoo.com. Pick us up on some mistakes. Uh, remember, though, Zoyola is spelt with an X. Not a Z. Generation X. Generation X. Um, but yeah, look, we're open to all feedback. Um, if you give us a follow on Instagram, we'll give you automatic follow back. Just because that's the lovely guys that we are. So lovely. So lovely. Very happy. Um, look, if you want to be a guest, you know of someone that wants to be a guest, you like what we're doing, you just want to say g'day, just drop us a line. We'll, we'll read everything, try and get back to you if we can, and uh, hopefully give you a shout out if possible. Have a good night, guys. Bye. 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 Guys, thanks so much for listening. That was another great episode. Great episode. Awesome. Uh, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Check out our Instagram, at Zoyola Podcast. Upcoming guests, little highlights, little bits of video and stuff. Um, if you want to drop us a line, Please do. Please do. Send us an email, ZoyolaPodcast at yahoo.com. Pick us up on some mistakes. Uh, remember, though, Zoyola is spelt with an X, not a Z. Generation X. Generation X. Um, but, yeah, look, we're open to all feedback. Um, if you give us a follow on Instagram, we'll give you automatic follow back, just because that's the lovely guys that we are. So lovely. So lovely. Very happy. Um, look, if you want to be a guest, you know of someone that wants to be a guest, you like what we're doing, you just want to say g'day, just drop us a line. We'll, we'll read everything, try and get back to you if we can, and uh, hopefully give you a shout out if possible. Have a good night, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.